Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Pack, the official sports podcast of the Nevada Sagebrush. I am your host, Derek Reardon, and with me is Dominic Gutierrez. And today we have a special guest in today. He is the new head coach of Nevada football, Jeff Choate. Thank you so much for coming on the show, sir. No, my pleasure, Derek. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. So, coming from Texas, huge program, third in the entire country. Congrats to you on doing something, building a program as huge as that. And then you come to Nevada. How was that transition coming in from, you know, top of top of tier, Big Ten, if I remember correctly, Big Ten? No, Big 12 going oh, into the SEC. Yes. Yeah. It's hard to keep track of. <laughs> I know, yeah. I it's, mean, it's, <laughs> it's a roadmap, that's yeah. for sure. No kidding. But yeah, so coming from a Big 12 school, top of the top of the line, everything to Mountain West. No disrespect to Mountain West, but coming to Nevada a little bit on a different end of, of the scale. How was that transition for you? Yeah, I you know I think I'm I'm pretty well versed in this this college football world. I've mm-hmm. uh, uh, spent most of my time in my career really in the Rocky Mountain West. Um, I've coached in the Big Sky. I've coached in the Mountain West. I've coached in the WAC. Right. Um, and so having having been a lot of places that are very similar to the University of Nevada, both geographically and in terms of that Group of Five level, it, it's been pretty easy it feels very comfortable Feel, feels very much like home to me and uh you know I, i've done my time in power five places at the university of florida washington washington state and the university of texas and so i think i have a pretty good perspective on what it looks like at the at the elite level and i can also i think do a pretty good job of, of cherry picking talent that maybe is overlooked at that level and develop them into an elite player i'll give you an example of that when i was at montana state university we had a young man by the name of troy anderson troy was from dillon montana was not recruited at all by any five, group of five or power five school basically had montana montana state and troy was an elite athlete we knew it from the jump he ended up being a second round draft pick ran the fastest 40 time any linebacker yeah. at the combine a couple of years ago and he starts at inside linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons so having that perspective of knowing this is an elite power five type of prospect but we can we can navigate this and, and develop relationships and maybe give that that young man an opportunity just because he's being overlooked by them doesn't mean he doesn't have the talent exactly and so that's what we're trying to do is find that niche and uh, you know, as far as the the transition part of it, like I said, I mean, I've uh, I, I've been at places very similar to Nevada before. It has a it, there's a lot of parallels between this place and Montana State. I mean, it's a it's a step up in terms of level of competition, and, but in terms of the geography of the place and the you know, it's it's a it's a STEM university just like Montana State was. It's a tier one Carnegie Institute just like Montana State was. Got great engineering, got great technology uh, resources around us, and so a lot of similarities. And, and uh, you know, it feels good to see the mountains again. That's one thing I didn't miss. In, I, I definitely missed in Texas. <laughs> That's completely fair. I understand that. And um, kind of going off back of your point of, you know, the similarities and such with Montana State and Nevada now, obviously from a head coaching perspective, you know, you haven't been a head coach for a couple years now and then you're getting back into it. So from that perspective, I guess, how is it kind of getting that transition back into being kind of that leader head coaching kind of role? Yeah, I think I think everybody should have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a coaching sabbatical for me, yeah. you know, to get a step into a situation at, at Texas mm-hmm. where my role and, and my scope of responsibility was very different than that of being a head coach, especially when you're at a big sky place. I mean, you've got to, you know, do everything but the laundry and, and, and paint the fields, you know. Right. And so yeah. to be able to just focus on my area of responsibility but also watch and observe how Steve went about building a program that had not been an, uh, achieving to the level of the expectations for mm-hmm. a while and for us to be able to get it back to that, you know, one of the cool things that probably not a people a lot of people talk about is I might be the only coach in the country who's been in the final four in the CFP and the FCS playoffs in the last four years yeah, yeah. and um, and to be able to, to to look at hey how how did we put our blueprint on or how did we build a blueprint that was going to be successful at Montana State and build it from a program that was a sub 500 program to four years later playing for a national semifinal and the same thing at Texas in a three-year period of time and what are the parallels how can I draw from the experience there at Montana State and the things that I learned at Texas and be able to bring that forward in a way that's going to help us 
accelerate our launch here at, at Nevada. Right. Fair enough. I love the term launch, by the way. Yeah. I, I love the. I love all that because a lot of people fall into the thing of like, okay, we're rebuilding. We're going to take a, maybe like a year or two or anything. That's into like truly like see what we have, assess the tools, bring some more in. You're truly confident in this program that it's not going to be a oh next season or like the season after anything. This is like it's this season we're launching. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody has the time or patience for that. You know, Coach Wilson probably thought he was going to get more than two years here. So. I mean, I'm on notice when I take the job, right? That there's not going to be a lot of patience. We've got to get this football thing moving forward. You know, men's basketball is kind of carrying the water for the department right now. And I know Stephanie's got a really strong vision in conjunction with President Sandoval, what this thing needs to look like moving forward. And if you're going to move the needle in athletics, you have to move the needle in football. That's where you can make up the most ground in terms of the bottom line. I don't know that that would really energize the fan base for me to go around, hey, you know, give me a couple years and we'll figure this thing out. And, um, you know, I I think it sends the right message to our fan base, but I think it also sends the right message internally in, in Cashill and, and, and to our team that, hey, we're not here to dip our toe in the water. You know, you got to jump in. You know, I think for the most part, the kids have done that up to this point. Fair enough. How you mentioned with Stephanie Ramp, because when in your introductory press conference, she mentioned how she wanted to find that right leader and that, you know, that football guy, that football mind. And I mean, from what we know, it only took a couple days to find you and get you here. So what did that kind of mean to you, you know, for yourself, your reputation, just to see that they kind of already had you top of the list. They had you highly guarded and brought you in as soon as they could yeah it meant a lot um, i've been around a long time yeah. and I've, I've been involved in a lot of these searches and the, the thing that a lot of people don't understand is really how hard it is to get an mm. fbs head football job yeah. and there's some young men that bebop into it oh i you know i had this quarterback and we went to this and next thing you know they're they're the head coach at university x y or z that hasn't been my path i started out in high school coaching and kind of, I think, took the took the long way. For whatever reason, you sit in a room, and I always looked at my resume, it was kind of like a passport, right? Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, I, you need that SEC stamp, boom. All right, you've been a head coach, boom. Be a coordinator, boom. Be at a power five place, boom. And uh, so that when I sit in front of people, I can say, this is my body of work, and this is who I am. And if you really talk to people in the industry, I think I have a really good reputation as a builder, a teacher, and a coach. Mm-hmm. And that's not always what ADs are looking for. Right. A lot of times they want that sexy hire. They want whatever the case may be. Like I would hear, well, you know, we want somebody that's going to win the press conference. And I always kind of laughed at that. I was like, hire me. Trust me, I'll win the press conference. (laughs) But they don't necessarily know that about me. And so for Stephanie to have that level of faith and trust in me and President Sandoval to to put the stamp on it and say, all right, this is our guy to move this thing forward at a really challenging time. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take really strong leadership to be able to push this thing forward. And I feel like the the combination of Stephanie and President Sandoval and myself, we're capable of doing that. Mm Fair enough. Speaking of being capable, you have brought in a tremendous transfer signee class coming into this year. Class of 2024 will feature 31 new athletes. I believe it's 16 of them being transfers as well. How does it feel knowing that you brought in all these guys? Like, what is that feeling of like, okay, you have a new core of like, all these guys want to come in and play with under my guidance and under my program? I think that regardless of what happens in this industry in terms of multiple transfers, portal, NIL, all of those things, like any business or any organization at the heart, it's about relationships. And that's what you really, I think, saw with this group of young men. And it wasn't just the connections that I had directly to them, although there was, there was definitely connections to a lot of them because of my breadth of experience. They can, there's a lot of people that can sign off on me. Hey, do you know Coach Choate? Yeah, I played for him at University X. Hey, how was he? Oh, he was, you know, this, this, and this. And having those, those, kind of those tentacles that go out and connect people are really important. But the way this staff came together was a big part of our ability to ha- 
have that reach. And I think there was a graphic, you know, talked about the, you know, Wolfpack Pride is nationwide. It has guys from Pennsylvania, Chicago, Florida, Georgia, all over the country. And that happened because of relationships with the guys on staff here. Mike Lynch coming from Syracuse, who was recruiting the East Coast for the last eight years. And, you know, David Gilbertson coming from the University of Akron, our strength coach comes from Chicago. So there was a lot of connectivity to these young men, either directly through me or through members of our staff. And so the relationship piece of, I know who this guy is, I'm looking for an opportunity. Because a lot of times what happens, and not to, not to back up too much, but you can get caught in the wash a lot as a college athlete. And most of the guys that transferred, the guys that were multiple transfers, they were guys that started out at group of five places and had good careers. Yeah. And then decided, I'm going to go grab the brass ring. I'm going to chase the logo. I'm going to go to a, to a P5 place and get an opportunity to play at West Virginia or wherever, right? Exactly, yeah. And then they kind of get there, and it's not exactly what they thought it was going to be. Maybe there's a coaching change that they get caught in a spin cycle of. And then they realize, you know what? I can go back and play P5 football. I know I've done that before, and I've had really good success in production. And here's somebody that recruited me along the way and has faith and trust in me, and that's a comfortable situation for them. And so that's kind of how this whole thing came together. It was really more about relationships than anything else fair enough mentioning about that just with all the connections through the transferring and all that such obviously you know no disrespect to coach wilson and his staff um, but obviously they were a group that had a little less experience than you know you and your group might have now we're so older kind of yeah <laughs> that's one way to put it yeah <laughs> but um yeah, what was, you know, when you were assembling the staff that you have, you know, was that kind of the, the main thing you were looking towards was the experience or, you know, what were kind of the factors you were looking in when you were trying to build that stuff? It's all about the fit, right? It's mm-hmm. and, and, and so I select on character first for our coaches and our staff okay. uh, as well as our players. And that's, you know, if you miss on experience or you miss on athleticism, you know, you can probably live with that. If you miss on character, nobody's going to be happy. And so a lot of people that I had direct ties to, and I think what that really speaks to is, you remember I talked a moment ago about, I looked at my resume as a passport and I was kind of looking for these stamps on the passport well I've, I've been a lot of places yeah. and I can draw from experiences and, I, and, I, and one of my things is leave it better than you found it yep. and when you do that you're going to go away from a place with people like you know hey I, I, I respect the job that Jeff did here and if he calls me I'll pick up the phone yeah whether that's for advice, whether that's an opportunity for them, whatever the case may be. And so um, I think there's three three coaches on this staff that played for me. Mm-hmm. There's four coaches on the staff that worked under me. And then there's everybody else who I was a colleague with at one point in time or another, right? And right. so that connectivity and, that, and, again, those relationships mm-hmm. were really, really strong. And I think that I have, again, a reputation in this business of, hey, you know, go work for Jeff and he'll help you achieve your goals. And you saw that already happen one, right? Yeah. When we had Jacque Smith, who had never been a full-time coach, gets coached behind his name for two months, yeah. and he's the outside linebacker coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. We're able to flip that and bring another guy in with very similar experience in less than a week because of relationships and connections to places that I've been, whether that's the University of Florida, the University of Texas, Washington State, Montana State, Washington, you name it. And so I think that that breadth of experience that I have, while my wife might not have always appreciated packing those boxes, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, definitely serves me well in, in my current role. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, Nico coming into the uh, squad, filling out that spot that was taken by the NFL yeah. <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. How do you think your staff, knowing everybody, seeing that respect, seeing the character, everything in that sense, how do you think they stack up against both teams in the conference and teams just nationally? Yeah, I, I don't know that you're going to find. So, I mean, I look at it like this. Like, I've been around doing this a long time. Right. I, think, I think Brian Armstrong is as good an offensive line coach as there is in the country at any level. And I've worked with some exceptional guys. The, right. 
Two of the last three Joe Moore Award winners were guys that I had worked with directly in Scott Huff and Kyle Flood. And I, I don't think that Brian takes a backseat to anybody, and that's probably one of your most important hires. And so I would say that is is a home run for us, right? Mike Lynch, for us to get a guy who's been an ACC coordinator at, at Syracuse, who's, you know, coached at the Power of Five level for the, almost a decade, right. that has an exceptional reputation as a recruiter and developer of young men, to have that guy in, in that room as well. When we get to our offensive coordinator hire, which is very close, I think that's another one that people will be going, how the hell do you make this happen, yeah. right? And, and you know, I can even go to another really, really important hire, which is your strength and conditioning guy, right? right? So our di- director of sports performance is a guy named Jason Lascalzo who was the director at Washington State when I was there. He also spent five years as a director of strength and conditioning for the Chicago Bears. So, like, there's a lot of cachet on this staff. And there's a lot of guys like, you know, like Nico, who was a three-time national champ, who's who's played in the NFL, and Joey Thomas, who's uh, who was a second-round draft pick in the NFL. I mean, there's there's just all, our old guys like Piam Sadat, who's an exceptional leader, was a, was a coordinator at the at the at the uh, uh, U.S. Uh, Army Academy. You just kind of go down the list. I've got these old dogs. We got these young guys that are hungry, and the guys that are in between have all got NFL experience. You know, and I would include Virgil in that too. Right. You know, and yeah, so yeah, you, you kind of go down this list, and it's it's a really good blend. But they all have exceptional character to start with, and so yeah. I would say they're damn good. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I agree with you, yeah, Coach. There you go. I'll make one final point about the you know the, around the team. Obviously, going back to you know the number of transfers you had and everything. You know, you're obviously excited about all of the guys that you brought in for the team. But are there any players that kind of you know that kind of caught your eye or that you're you know a little more excited for to see kind of join the team or along those lines? In terms of guys that were on the existing roster, is that uh, like, that you recruited in? That you oh yeah. In? Well, I mean, yeah. There's I'm excited about all of them, and yeah, I will say right, this: one of the right. things that that was really uh, interesting to me was you know we had. I think from the time that I took the job mm-hmm. until the portal window closed, we had one guy left. And I think that pretty good vision and anticipation on, on Stephanie's part to be able to get somebody in the house. I was hired the day that the portal opened, right? Right. And uh, and so I think that was really important in terms of us kind of moving this thing forward. There's There's been some guys like, like there's a guy named, you know, the Wiley kid from, from yeah. Louisiana Monroe. Like that guy was the offensive player of the year. It wasn't a great team, but yeah. he was an exceptional player for him. And his what I love about him is I love his energy. Like yeah. he is a smile on his face every single day. He comes to work. He's got, you know, exceptional energy. We have a, a you know, a freshman that was committed to Tulane forever, Dominic Ball from Chicago. Yep. And if you watch his highlight, he's got a little Barry Sanders in him. But again, it just like this kid is so super positive. You know, Solo, the kid from Buffalo, like he's excited because we feed him better than they did at Buffalo, right? <laughs> so it's, you know, like it's wherever you are on this scale. Right. But I'm really appreciative of the group of kids that are in the program, that were in the program from day one and how they've opened up to, Hey, some change is difficult for everybody, yeah. and they've been open to um, you know letting our cat, our staff coach them and show them how this is the new Nevada way. This is yeah. the expectation. These are the standards. This is how you go about your business on a daily basis. And if you don't live up to that, there is a consequence, and it doesn't matter you know where your name is at on that depth chart. Everybody's going to be held to the same standard, and I think they've been really responsive to that. And you guys, heck, I could probably ask you guys. You guys probably know more than I do because. <laughs> What are they going to do? Come in and complain to the head coach? You guys right. probably see these guys around campus. <laughs> yeah. like, have Everyone's, some sidebars yeah. after this mm-hmm. and find out where I'm really standing. Right. right. <laughs> Inside scoop. Yeah. See him at the Joe, just be like, hey, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember you talked a lot about um, at the coffee event that you had over the weekend. You talked a lot to the season ticket holders about the community and how it's just so important around Nevada and how to have a vibrant community around them is going to be one of the key factors in really bolstering this team. It seems like the, the Nevada University and this community in general have taken you in open arms and you have as well, like to them. How does it feel knowing that you that you and the community both had like an instant connection right away? 
Yeah, I think that's, I would say that's credit to President Sandoval and Stephanie Ramp, like knowing what was going to fit here, the personality that was going to fit, uh, you know, the, like I feel like this is home. I, you, my, both my wife and I, I mean, we feel tremendously welcomed. And I went to the Chapino feed on Saturday night. I mean, there's yeah. 1,700 people there raising over a million dollars for yep. Northern Nevada Boys and Girls Clubs. And you just got, you just kind of get this sense that I, I feel like I have a responsibility to put a really good product on the field because of the support and the, and the welcome that we've received. Right. This is Nevada's college town. Yep. You know, we've got to embrace that part of that. Well, part of the college experience, and I would say I'm speaking to the student body here as well, but part of the college experience is Division One athletics. And whether that's going to Lawler and packing that place or, you know, heck, we've got seven home games. That's that's one more than normal, yep. you know, and uh, and to be able to host, you know, two power five opponents at Mackey, be able to, to put a product out there that they can be really proud of. So engaging our student at, our students here on campus and our community is equally important. At the end of the day, who supports this program? Right. This community supports this yep. program. And so, you know, extending that olive branch and, and, and being able to be a bridge to, to between the community and the university, I think is really important. And then along with um, just your community outreach, and I mean, at least from what I've seen, you definitely gotten the hearts of a lot of people around here, especially through social media, which has been, you know, a pretty good sight to see. I mean, between your, you know, your little banter with Barry Odom and, you know, all the kind of things that you do on Twitter and such. Is that kind of a trait you've always liked to have when you, you know, go from different jobs, you know, kind of having that, you know, friend friendly little, you know, whether it's banter, whether it's just being more social media presence, you know, has that kind of always been your style, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I, my daughter will tell me that, you know, hey, you need to crank up your game on yeah. social. <laughs> Your IG page isn't very good, Dad, and yep. you know. So I'm like, well, you know, here you go. Here's my logins. Um, no, I wouldn't. I don't know if I want to put that on her. But I think that's, <laughs> you know, number one. You know, that's that's connecting with you, mm -hmm. and so that means my target audience is being hit, right? Yeah. And number two, I think there's a subtle message there, which is we're nobody's little brother. Yeah. And I think that you know, again, people who know me in this business know what's coming. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I mean, history repeats itself. And I've been a part of a lot of rebuilds. This one's not. This one's a launch. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to get accomplished here. And I think these kids have bought into that. The community's bought into that. I didn't really think it was going to be that. It was going to resonate as much as it did, which has been kind of cool. Yeah. But now we got to put our money where our mouth is. So, you know, it'll be, you get to have a little bit of fun in the off season and then the work starts. Yep, exactly. Just a quick question. Do you have the UNLV game circle in your calendar already? Just, be, just because of how much banter has been going back and forth between <laughs> yeah, yourself and everybody I mean, from I don't, UNLV? You don't really have to circle that game no, in the oh, calendar. Yeah. I mean, it's. A, really I, I'm disappointed it's not the last game on the schedule. I don't, I don't get that at all. Yeah. Like to me, that should be the Thursday or Friday before Thanksgiving every year, like, you know, or the Friday basketball, after, yeah. you know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, let's make this the showcase. And I haven't seen, I mean, I know who we're playing and where we're playing them. I just don't know the dates yet. And right. Yeah. Mountain West Conference, get the rival game at the end of the season. Get it right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's speaking to everybody <laughs> right out there. We're going to get shut down. No, but <laughs> respect. Yeah. Like you said, every coach how you mentioned you know i have their preferences when it comes to social media and everything like that you know but not just you you know along with your staff what's kind of the importance that you you know maybe stress to them or even to the players that you've talked to about you know just kind of either if it's community outreach or just kind of yeah. trying to grow their brand within reno and nevada how's that kind of gone yeah we, we you know we've talked a lot about this since like yeah name image and likeness now everybody thinks that's a handout right. and uh, that was never the intent mm -hmm. it was an opportunity right for for student athletes to engage with community members, businesses, etc., and capitalize on that for the first time in a long time. And does anybody watch Summer House? Anybody ever watch Summer House? This is probably more of a my daughter's age and you know, like that, you know, twenty something. 
Fair. So there's this, uh, it's basically, you know, uh, Jersey Shore oh, okay. 5.0, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> so there's this kid named West Wilson, mm-hmm. who was a backup safety for us at Montana State, who's one of the guys on Summerhouse, mm-hmm. right? If name, image, and likeness was available to West, he'd never made his name on the football field. Like, he was a backup backup, right? Maybe got in on some special teams, some mop-up time, whatever. Yeah. But this dude was a hustler. Like, this guy works for Bleacher Report. He's got his own deal. He's, he's on a reality show. Yeah. He would have been a guy that would have killed it with name, image, and likeness mm-hmm. because he would have gone out and engaged with these people. So I use that example all the time with my players. I'm like, why are you asking us to go raise money for your name, image, and likeness? How right. about you go do it? You know. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to you know Henry Okofu. I'm like, hey, man, here's the deal. Why don't you do this? You know, Why don't you go get like seven and a half sacks next year and then go talk to some defense lawyer in town and say, let's do a billboard and you can stand in between me and Drew Watson. We'll say everybody deserves a good defense and let's put that billboard up <laughs> yeah. on 80, you know? And so I think that's the idea of building a brand. But what do you want that brand to be? Well, first of all, a great brand for everybody is showing yourself in the community, going down to boys and girls clubs, reading at elementary schools, picking up trash on the sidewalk, engaging with the community. That's, that's a good brand to have, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody wants to engage with that and then the other piece is everybody loves a winner yep. right and so like everybody wants to talk about Chubba Purdy right now well I'm like hey that's not Brock did that not Chubba let's wait and let Chubba be Chubba and then we'll exactly. we'll go from there yeah. and so um, I think there's a ton of opportunities for those kids but I think the the building a brand and being cognizant of what you put out there is important and for our staff what we want to do is we want to connect to things like toughness tradition history winning and have a little bit of a plan about how we go about doing that. And that's what you're seeing in some of the hashtags that we put out there. Gotcha. Fair enough. You talked about building your brand, and I think your personality has shown through the very... The few press conferences you've done, I, I mean, even Nevada Sportsnet has like full-on articles detailing. Here's all the quotes from Jeff Choate in the uh, from these couple interviews and from National Signing Day and everything. How do you think person your personality specifically has built your brand and has helped you build your your name within the community? And then how do you plan on follow question? How do you plan on having your players follow suit? If you, if you do, there's an old adage in sports, right? That players take on the personality of their coach. Yeah. And I think that if uh, if you portray confidence you're going to get that back, you know, and, 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 I, and it shouldn't be arrogance. It should be, you know, I mean, I think there's a, there's a hungry and humble mindset that I have about going about my business, but I've also, I, I just, I just don't think there's any value in talking about negativity, dwelling on the past. It's about pushing things forward and having a, a really good vision for what this thing can look like in the future. And, you know, the things that I talk to are about our guys all, all the time are, Hey, let's, uh, my job is to take care of my people and add value to their lives, build leaders and men for others have a culture of toughness and discipline. Right. Never allow setbacks to define us or our organization. Football's something that we do. It's not who we are. Coaches and players alike. And then for this particular team, Team 118, the biggest turnaround in FBS football yep. in 2024. And I think all of those things are things that we can accomplish, right? That's the vision that we put out there. And then there's there's behaviors that we have to back that up with. But if I'm if I'm a living example of that, and I'm not going, hey, we're, you know, yeah, gosh, gee shucks, I hope we can get to three wins this year instead of, you know, I mean, <laughs> Like nobody wants to hear that, no. and and there's no power in that. I want I want these guys to understand. Like you've got to dream big dreams. Like you don't. I mean, what's there to lose when you're 18 to 22? Like, football is assuming risk. Okay, yeah. risk of ridicule, risk of failure, risk of bodily harm. I mean, we all get that. But it's a lot easier to recover from a failure when you're 18 or 22 right. than it is when you're 53 like me. And if I'm willing to say let's go to work and I'm going to put myself out there and I'm not afraid to fail and mm-hmm. let's go let's go shoot for the moon, I think they're probably a lot more likely to stand behind me. Gotcha. I'll hit you with one final point, um, you know, kind of bouncing off of that. 
and how you've mentioned, you know, the whole, you know, we're here to launch and such, and you've been telling that, you know, to the community and the university and all that. Has that kind of been the same message you've been telling players to buy in, you know, existing, new, whatever it was? You know, kind of what's been the, has there any been a different message to no, the I players? No, I think clear, concise, and repetitive gets yeah. it done, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm not going to give them a whole bunch. Right. And I think that's one of the things that did capture their, their interest, right? Yeah. It, from the jump was like, oh, yeah, this guy's not talking about a rebuild. He's talking about doing something right now. Because yep. I use this analogy a lot with, you know, like if your foot, if your if your life was a football field, mm-hmm. their time here in Nevada is a three yard run. Right. And some of these guys have one yard left, mm-hmm. you know, and so they don't want to hear, well, you know, I hope that we can be okay this year. Yeah. So that's their last that's their last run as a, as a college football player. They want to hear this is going to be really something special, unique that you can be proud of. And that's what we want for them. Yeah. Thank you so much, Coach. I appreciate your time here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I am your host, Derek Raritan, and with me is Dom once again. Make sure to follow us on our socials, and we will see you all next episode. Take care, everybody. Appreciate you, Coach. Yep. Go Pack.